All right, folks, this show is sponsored by Anchor. A while back, we switched over to Anchor as our hosting platform for Panel to Panel. And to be honest, it's actually been one of the best experiences we've had when it comes to hosting our podcast. A lot of people think making a podcast is super difficult, but Anchor actually allows you to record and edit your podcast all on your phone if that's what you want to do. Anchor even helps you get your podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other places like that. That way you can get your podcast to a wide audience of different people. And the best part about it, it's totally free. So go ahead, check out Anchor.fm, or download the Anchor app on your phone or through the App Store or the Google Play Store and check it out today. Now let's turn the page and get to this week's episode of Panel to Panel. What's going on, good people of the internet? It is time for OnComicsGrounds.com's flagship podcast, Panel to Panel, where a bunch of folks shoot the breeze and talk about comic books and such. We are back. We are back for episode 32 of this amazing podcast. And ironically enough, we are here on an even number for an even anniversary because we are here for the 80th anniversary special for Robin, as in like the like the, the entity of Robin. Like if we look back into our time frame. On March 6th, uh, 1940, we had the premiere of Dick Grayson Robin in the pages of Detective Comics number 38. So we are here discussing it. Wait, what the hell? This is April. This is April. Why the hell are we doing this in March? What the fuck, DC? Anyway, um, we're, we're doing it now because I don't care. D- DC can get their books wrong, but you know what? Whatever. Publishing line or whatever. It's, it's fine. It's fine. It's Robin I- Day. I was lied to, but you know what? It's fine. Wait, one one thing said. Oh, one thing said. It's April. Uh, first, Detective Comics number thirty-eight. Because one thing said it was. Not, uh, oh, it was published March sixth, but, but the cover date is not April nineteen forty. Okay, whatever. That's fine. I'm okay with that, but it was published on March 6th, so I was right. I feel better. So yes, it is Robin Day uh, tomorrow. And like, well, it was Robin Day two days ago, but we record on Saturday or Sunday, given w- when we record. But it publishes on Monday, so three days out from when you will be hearing this, it will be the anniversary, the, the 80th anniversary of Robin. And sadly, uh, uh, DC chose to push back the anniversary issue. It will be coming out on March 18th. But like it was supposed to go out on the 11th, this coming Wednesday. But they decided to delay it due to different uh, like uh, scheduling and whatnot. So we are going to go ahead and celebrate this now because we have different things going on for the rest of March. So we're going to go ahead and dig right into this. But before we do, don't forget, you can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, um, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, YouTube, uh not iHeartRadio yet, only Blurred Grounds on iHeartRadio so far, but you can listen to us on YouTube, Overcast, Podcast Public, all those great outlets that you use 
you can listen to us on there and make sure you review us on those apps. That way people can find us easier. But I do have my main man, the Afro that never stops growing. Travis Tucker, how you doing this evening? Pretty good. I had a really good hair day. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So Mary is out sick, so the boys are out playing, and we're going to sit here, have a good old time, talking about a character that, ironically enough, has a lot of significance to the two of us. So, so Travis, why, why don't you speak on, like, what was your first encounter with Robin as, like, an entity? Like, like pro- it probably was Dick Grayson, but, like, who was, wh- where did you first see this man? It was Dick Grayson, but, oh, why am I forgetting the dude's name? From the really, really super cheesy. Oh, Burt Ward? Al Kilmer, Batman. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, Chris O'Donnell? That wasn't Burt Ward. Chris O'Donnell? Yes. Chris O'Donnell was my introduction into Robin. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. Yes. I always always loved the the Chris O'Donnell ones because it wasn't the first. It was the first one was with the Penguin, if I remember correctly. No, the first one was with Two-Face and um, Riddler, and then then Batman Robin was Poison Ivy and Mr. Freeze. No, there was another. Are you sure? Is yeah, that the one where he pulls the rubble. It's been so long since I've seen. Yeah, Batman Forever. Batman Forever is is Tommy Lee Jones, Two Face, and uh, Jim Carrey, Riddler, and then Batman and Robin is when they brought Alicia Silverstone in as the Barbara that was Alfred's niece. And they had well, like Uma right. Thurman and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh my god! If Mary was here, she'd be so hyped. But oh but yeah, but yeah. So Chris O'Donnell, I, what, what this man? Okay, so yeah, and I always remember that scene, and this is why I'm getting it blurred, because I remember he it was before he had the actual Robin suit. It was like mm-hmm. his flying Grayson's tights that he turned into a Robin suit. Yep. He ended up getting like buried in bricks, and like the scene is so like bright pink, and you see Batman grab his hand hanging out of the rubble and pull his ass out. Mm-hmm. That was that was always like a big, like iconic moment for me as a kid. And then like it kind of jumps forward from my from from my memory into uh teen titans right after that yeah uh, specifically around the time where uh you had red x showing up and then they mm. had that one episode where they get to look into the future and he sees himself as nightwing with long hair and he's like yeah nightwing's gonna be awesome and then like after that that's when i started reading the comics and uh, man i'm glad i read dick grayson when i did because it was like he grew with me and honestly, if I read him earlier, I wouldn't be able to handle it. Because the, the era I started reading Dick Grayson was his risque, slinging the dick, wink, wink, around everywhere he wants to. Oh, God. Oh. That, was, that was a time. That was a time. Like, there, there was literally, like, I kid you not, folks, there was literally a time period where Dick Grayson was going to marry Starfire the next day, but then chose to go sleep with Barbara Gordon. And and then she found out right after he like like that like right after they did it that he was gonna get married because she found her invitation on on her desk. Yeah, and it was like, damn, this is not okay. He he was not shit in that era, like for a solid yeah, no. like ten years, like <laughs> because it was like if, if like because we we have we have Dick Grayson as a character because he started out as just like the fun loving kid, the stereotype little kid that was there for you. Then he got butchered by the comics code authority because like, like everyone thought that Batman and Robin were the, were the gay couple. But then around the time when Teen Titans first came out, he evolved from being this stereotypical Robin character to then ju- to then just be, like going from there to 
I'm trying to like get my, my thought across there. Oh, he went from there to then finally start being a leader because at first, when Teen Titans was a thing, it was just him, Donna Troy as Wonder Girl, Aqualad, Kid Flash, and occasionally Speedy. But then it evolved from there into when Marv Wolfman and George Perez took over, and it became a thing of, oh, now, now he has to be sort of the almost college-age Robin trying to be a mentor-slash-teammate-slash-leader to all of these other characters. But he still has Donna and Wally like, hey, we remember you when we were kids. You ain't shit. And it was like, it was that really interesting dynamic. So to see him progress and then become that shithead once he got that early adult Nightwing, it was very interesting. Dogs are crazy. Uh oh. That's fine. We're good. You know, we're good. My cat broke into my room, but it, it'll be fine. So, but, but no, it's cool. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, and I guess it was just I read comics after that, and then, uh, and then, you know, into adulthood, I had the, the pleasure of seeing him get shot in the head by Tom King. Ugh. Ah, see, I, it's a weird time period. It's a weird time period we find ourselves. But, like, let's not think of the bad. Let's, let's try to actually, like, care about the current gen or just, like, the history of him. Because, like, we we live in a dark time right now where Dick thinks he's Rick, and my name's not Rick Memes will never die, and I don't care. <laughs> like, and, like, literally, my, like, the, the minute, the minuscule minute it was announced that his name was Rick Grayson, I, I immediately was like, my name's not Rick, because no one wanted this. No one wanted... I always, I'll always, every time you mention that, I'm always going to hear Patrick saying that. My name's not Dude, no. Dead ass. And, like, like, literally, like, <laughs> like, like, if you look at my timeline, I remember when, like, it was first announced, like, like two years ago. I, like, it's Rick, Dick, Dick Grayson has been Rick Grayson for almost two years. Can we not fathom that? It, it's just, it's so frustrating. But it's like, I, like I, uh, they, they don't. And it's really frustrating. Like, like and, but it's, it's, it's not even worth it. And now DC's in a weird situation. So we're not even going to worry about that. But no, Dick is a character. He he evolved because he like from the shithead leader that would care more about laying women than he did be, like being the leader was a time period. And then when he finally said, screw Batman, screw the Teen Titans, I'm going to go do my own thing. It was cool because he finally went to somewhere like Bloodhaven and took those lumps where like, someone finally knocked him on his ass. And then when he came back to the Teen Titans and was aged a little bit, and then even did the Titans in the 90s, he was like, I'm trying so hard to lead this team better than Batman leads the Justice League. That, yeah, there's no speed bumps, but we getting through it. And it was really nice, I, I gotta admit. But no, like... If we go from Dick Grayson as a character, see, I, I'm not. I just did all that. I haven't talked about my first like thing of Robin. For me, Robin was like always in the background because I had Batman the animated series, and then I had um. Actually, no, I take that back. The first time I ever knew of ba- of Robin as a character because the first time I ever saw Batman as an entity other than like movies that like my dad had on the background was Batman Beyond. So for me, my first induction into Robin was Return of the Joker. 
because I didn't understand what Robin was. And then I saw how dark of a hole could happen to Tim Drake. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> As a small child watching this movie, seeing this poor man be traumatized, I was hurt. Like, I'm not even going front with you. Because you go from, like, like, like the whole movie was a mess. But from there, I went on, saw Teen Titans. I read a lot of comics. My first comic was Young Justice. And I went in knowing so much, like, like knowing how much I saw pain in Tim Drake in that movie. And then seeing him as a kid with the other other teenagers and trying to be a superhero, it meant a lot to me. So to see that and see what we have now with just him as Drake, and I'm just like, uh, 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 <laughs> why? Why? Like, and even like um, this week's upcoming uh, Young Justice, which I will not spoil, it's just like, and, and, and uh, there's a character that says this line where like, like they flat out just say, that costume don't work. And I'm like, you right. That costume don't work. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so frustrating <laughs> to me because they felt this need when they rebooted the universe with the new 52 that they had to like de- try to de-age Batman, but somehow explain how he has all these sidekicks at a young age. So they were like, no, now Tim has never been Robin. He had only been Red Robin. And then when Lobdell fucked up Teen Titans, they brought Tynan in for New 52, for, for DC Rebirth, and they're like, oh, no. Now he's like, he was Robin, but then he went back, he made himself Red Robin, kind of how he did with, before New 52. But, like, yeah. And it was like, wait, what do you mean, what do you mean? But, like, yeah. Like, you can't just change this. That's not okay. It was just... And now we have the current situation where we're in, where like Young Justice number one, he starts as Robin, like just as Robin, not Red Robin, just as Robin, and then he turns into Drake, and I'm like, oh my god! But we're over here talking about number one, number three. Um, we should probably talk about number two, which is Jason Todd. Yeah. Because Jason matters. And like I know we kind of glanced over Dick and Tim. We can go back in a minute. But Jason Todd is an, an enigma of a character. Because he was just, he when he first was created, he was created with the idea of just another Robin. He had this almost the same backstory as Dick Grayson when he first was, was created. But then after the first crisis, he had, or remember the second, I, I don't know. Uh, after Christ, it was Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah, it was after Crisis on Infinite Earths, they rewrote his origin and made it so. Yeah, he was the kid who took the the tires off, off the back of the Batmobile, and they started making him a shithead. And like, like, like he was the angsty teen of that that era. And then we had the infamous phone situation, where you ha- you got the opportunity to call one number, and Jason lived after getting beaten up and exploded by Joker. If you call the other number, he died. And the overwhelming amount of people that called for this man's head is just, oh my God. It was funny, Travis. It was funny. Recently, DC Universe tried to fuck with it. Like like, like the, the app slash website, Twitter. They were like, oh, let's have it so we redo that poll. And it was the same motherfucking result. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it was sad. <laughs> Yeah, well, I honestly though, like that specific Jason was kind of unbearable. I mean, okay, that's fair, but like, speak on it. 
it was the I, I okay, maybe it's weird, but I like the grim dark Jason where it was like, you know, he came from the streets, he's still about the streets, come catch a fade. You know what I mean? Like when he the the transition from Robin Jason to Red Hood Jason, I feel he should have just jumped straight from Boy Wonder like the first week to Red Hood, if that makes any sense. You mean like how it's kind of it's rumored for Titan season three that he might slide into that? I really hope he does because in Titans I can't stand his ass. <laughs> what What do you mean? He's, it's the same the same reason. It's it's that whole the Jason as a Robin is like super cocky. He's always fucking up. He's Damien with no redeemable qualities. At least Damien was like raised by assassins and like hardcore motherfuckers. But Jason was just from the streets. You know what I mean? And in the streets yeah. in Gotham, they fear Batman. Jason didn't even remotely listen to Batman. He kind of did, but ultimately, his not listening to Batman is what got him killed in the comics. Yeah. And it was that, that cocky, like, oh, I could do this. You just don't have any faith in me that they kind of transferred directly over to the Titans show. And I was like, oh, yeah, this nigga's got to die. <laughs> <laughs> he has got to go. Got to go. Like, oh. See, I don't think they'll ever kill him, though. I think they're going to do what, what you're saying, like the, the idea of either, like, Batman's going to kick him out or Dick's going to just get really sick of his shit. And they're just going to be like, okay, now it'll be edgy and be Red Hood now. Because if you look at the end of the season, they did that whole thing where, yeah, like, Dick failed him, so he drove off on, on his motorcycle. And it's like, yeah, maybe he, like, goes on a thing of self-discovery and becomes Red Hood that way. That would be cool. I could get down with something like that. Or, I don't know, even, like, have a situation where he doesn't die, but similar to what happened to him. You know what I mean? The whole getting beat up and blown up, but he lives, you know? Yeah. That would be a cool way to do it. He doesn't have to die to be Red Hood. They just kind of made that happen. And then in Infinite Crisis, they're like, oh, he's alive. He's looking at him come out of his grave. It's cool. He's fine. <laughs> I mean, and, and they've even gone back occasionally. And like, 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 cause originally when Hush happened, they're like, oh, no, that's Clayface. But then they go back in a, in a, in a random issue of a book and say, no, that was Jason the whole time. And I'm like, for anybody who doesn't know the whole thing with Jason, like, like, like we said, was the idea of, Oh, he was killed by the whole thing with the phone number. He was dead for decades. He was gone for a long time. Was it decades? At least 10, 15 years. And then he came back during infinite crisis because it was, it was hinted at during hush because Clayface was, was dressed up like he was an older version of Jason. And at the end of the book that uh, Batman goes, where like where's Jason's body or check Jason's body or whatever, and we 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 were just kind of like implied to know yeah Jason's just kind of there, and he even says yeah that can never be Jason because Jason knows how much I loved him, but then within a few weeks or months or even like a year or so you have under the hood comes out and it's like yeah I don't know about that one Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> And so, Jensen Ackles did great as a voice of Red Hood in that one, honestly. I mean, but the thing was, like, the book itself, it, like, the book has its flaws, but I think if we're ever going to enjoy Under the Hood at this point is through that movie because the writer of that book went back as the writer for that movie and redid everything that he had done. And it was like, okay. You you had almost yeah, yeah Judd Winnick he went back and was the writer for the movie that he had already did, and I'm like okay you had your mistakes 
you, you, like you had your flaws with Black Mask, and the, the, the story went on for too long. And yeah, of course, it's a Batman movie, so you need to shove Joker more prominently than he was in the book itself, because Mister Freeze was the one that Black Mask and tra- like uh, hired, not Joker. But in the end, Jason's return was something sort of living in the same line as Bucky, where. It would the way they do it is like the perfect way. Oh, oh yeah, they think either they're brainwashed or they think they they were lost. They think they they didn't matter to them because you never came and saved them. Right. So well, and that that is one of the few occasions where the movie, the animated movie, was like arguably better than the comic itself than the mm-hmm. source material. Most def, most def, and you de- you then have um. You then have the Grant Morrison's Batman and Robin, or even before that, with Battle of the Cow, after they had had a few fights with Jason in between Under the Hood and Battle for the Cow. In Battle for the Cow, you see Jason being this hardcore, like, like guns to the, the, the strapped everywhere, almost, I guess, image era, like, like beginning image era version of Batman, where it's like, uh. like straps everywhere, to like, like going ham, saying he's the new Batman. And it's really interesting. So, like, and he's just like he's like he even because Tim tried to put on the mask, and Tim like 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 was running around in the blue suit like on that night, and then Jason pulls up like I will fucking kill you, and it's like oh, is we doing this? <laughs> so, yeah. So like Jason we, wasn't we, having that. Tim's too soft. <laughs> like 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 literally, um. Like, like, like the, the the famous shot of Jason with, with with both the pistols in the hands, and he's coming straight at the frame. Is he's just like Black Mask didn't get the memo. I am Batman, and I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> when you first see that midway through the like through the comic, and you're just like, oh, it's real now. Yeah. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> so and and then after Battle for the Cow, and Dick finally said, no, I'm Batman now. Deal with it. You saw. Jason dye his hair red. Like he ends up like taking on an apprentice in the form of somebody who was scarred by P- Professor Pig, and she becomes his sidekick as like Red Hood and Scarlet. And it was a very interesting way to do him. Because from then on, you see Jason trying to have a warped sort of like dark Batman way about him to where to where it collides against uh Dick Grayson Batman and Damian Robin. And I, I really dug it. It was a very cool antagonist sort like, like like for Dick rather than just giving Dick Joker, which they did end up doing in their own way. But giving Dick his own antagonist in Jason was really cool, in my opinion. Your thoughts, sir? Because I know you. I know you read that run. Which run again? I lost the Gra- that. The, 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 the Grant Morrison run of uh, uh, Dick and Damien. Oh, I... Okay. It's honestly one of my favorites, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, it's like the whole uh, thing with Jason being like like the sort of like superhero villain type thing with Red Hood and Scarlet. Uh, the Red... Okay, the Red Hood and Scarlet thing was okay. I just wasn't okay with its with the aesthetic of it. Oh, that makes any sense? Really? Yeah, yes. Yes. 
Yeah, I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna send you a Discord. I don't know if you remember what it looked like. I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at it right, because like Scarlet had her off her face jacked up because of Professor Pig, but like Jason Sue was freaking baller. Man had the crimson red guns on the hand on, on his on his like belt. Had the cool like skull on his chest, but like looked like almost like the original Red Hood and Batman had a baby, and it was just freaking baller. I I loved the idea of him being almost this dark, anti-type Batman that still tried to do right by folks. And even then later, when he stopped doing it, but still had a costume similar, just like that, but no cape, but with a jacket, I was like, oh, I kind of dig that. Okay, see, the no cape I was cool with. It was the cape that kind of killed it for me entirely. Nah, man, the cape I, made it baller. I was so about the cape uh, version. Ah, uh, see? Because, like, for me, the OG Red Hood that got kicked into the vat and all that stuff, to me, is very uh, tuxedo mask-ish. Oh, my gosh. Get the Sailor Moon shit out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I like Sailor Moon, but it, it reminds me of Tuxedo Mask. And then when I see this, it's like, Tuxedo Mask Beyond? <laughs> nah, see, nah, man. It like it it came off as if Jason was trying to be his own warped version of a superhero, and it really, I really dug it. Like, I, I know you're trying to pull the end of mode with the no caves, but like, I really dug the idea of Jason trying to be a superhero in his own twisted way. Yeah, I I get that. I think a lot. It, it's not just the cape either. It has a lot to do with like the corny placing of red, like on his guns, for example. I love uh, the the red guns, bro. Like it, it was such the, it was such a thing he would do. Okay, but the red Punisher skull in the middle. I of fucking street. love it. I fucking love it. <laughs> It's so edgy and like so hit him. Like it, that's why. Like if they would have just left Jason like that, like even if like Scarlet would have died and he still would have been this edgy like cape superhero, I'd have been like, yes. This was one of the few things Grant Morrison did during his run that I was like, keep this, keep this. Damien, no, Damien can go. But like this, keep this. I need more of this. Jason being his own. Because don't get me wrong, Red Hood and the Outlaws or like what we have as Jason now where he's like the sometimes anti-hero but sometimes like hero type thing. I've accepted that. Like he has this place among the teen hero pantheon because of all the people he's been across. But also now he has his own thing with like the dark trinity they called it. And it's like, that's cool. But I really dug the idea of him being this dark superhero type thing. Uh, okay. I, I get it. It's just like I don't know. I can't I keep thinking of weird like roasts for this out- outfit, like Crimson Mysterio looking ass. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But so, and then we go, so we go from like Crimson Mysterio, obviously, and we go into the new 52 and we have this warped, stupid ass fucking universe that I can't stand. And ah, anyway, um, like, well, even before that, we had the period where Jason was trying to be Red Robin, like working with Donna Troy and whatnot. That was a thing. But before we go to the, we go into new 52 and continuity is, re- is rewritten. Jason sort of had his trek as a bad guy against Batman, but he got good. He just kind of is part of the Batman familia, as it were. And he's working with Roy Harper in a trucker hat and a Starfire that has no connection to anybody, apparently. And it makes no sense. She's just this bimbo like, like t- type like alien that comes down like and like she dead ass even just looks at Roy and goes, Do you want to have sex with me? I'm just like, why? 
Why? Why? And it like it, it just ugh. It's, like, it's Neckbeard and Starfire, honestly. <coughs> yeah, you're not it's wrong. Neckbeard and Starfire, like they had that was when she was wearing the least, if I remember correctly. Yep, it was when like, she barely had any freaking clothes on. Anything on, and anyone she saw, she's like, "Do you want to have sex with me?" Like, come on, that's a Neckbeard's dream, and and it was really a serious betrayal of anything that she had as a character up until that point. And the only thing that really saved it was when, like, DCU was happening and someone decided to go, no, we're going to write a Starfire book and try to change that because they got so much backlash from it. It was, oh, now Jason and, and, and Roy are just Red Hood and Arsenal and they're doing their own thing. And to the point they try to, like, start their own business as, like, um, heroes for hire but for DC. Oh, is that when they're, like... Like pretty much gay re- roommates and shit. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember he like bursts in and like hits him with a flamethrower in the shower, and I'm like, "This is who put Yowie in my comic books?" Man, <laughs> like I, me, me and Scott Lobdell don't jive, but like I still say to this day, Red Hood and Arsenal was my shit, and then Red Hood and the Outlaws for DC Rebirth up until the Crowbar was like, yes, like Scott Lobdell, you're writing decent comics okay. now. Like, go back to this. Okay, I, I feel that up until the crowbar for sure. <laughs> yeah, because and like you go from Red Hood and the Ar- Red Hood and Arsenal, and you go into DC Rebirth, where Scott Liddell gets his head out of his ass from like how bad he did Teen Titans and how bad he was doing a Red Hood in, in, in the Outlaws, and it takes another stab at it and goes, okay, cool. How about instead of the sidekick reject they did one on Teen Titans, how about we take another shot at it? We say that Jason somehow meets up with. Artemis, like like Wonder Woman's Artemis, and we have him meet up with a Bizarro because we find out there's more Bizarros because Lex Luthor has a bunch of them apparently, but just a Bizarro that was being shipped to somebody because Black Mask wanted the Bizarro, and they raise it because it has sort of like like that dumb personality, but like has like a baby personality, and they raise it and become like this cool dark Trinity. It's like the anti-hero trinity of the DC universe. And it was such a cool-ass premise, and then he just threw it away for, like, this weird thing where, um... Because when the book just first started out, him and uh, Batman... Jason and Batman made a deal where it was like, look, I'll look the other way. You, If you bring the criminals to justice and you do it your way with, with barely any killing, I'm cool with it. You do you. And then somehow they uh, Jason fucks it up during a, a mission with Penguin, and it all tumbles down. And I was like, "What are you doing? You didn't need the shoe to drop. They were in an issue of Trinity. They they were a part. They were part of the Pantheon now. You didn't need the shoe to drop. And like now he's trying to go back and rewrite it, like in this Red Hood colon outlaw, where like now, okay, cool." Um, Bizarro super buff that has a goatee and Artemis is there but like she's banged up and been through some shit and he, like everyone's drawing her like a bimbo now and I'm like you're ruining it you're, you're, you're ruining this entire book and I hate it yeah <laughs> yeah right when he became like Legion of Doom Taskmaster is when I basically, basically, yeah, it, like, that's pretty much what happened to him. They try to like make him into Taskmaster, and I freaking hate it. And then yeah. on top of that, you you give him a crowbar as a part of his arsenal, but um, and it's like, <laughs> and it's like that is the most like that, that is the antith- the antith- I cannot talk antithesis 
of what is wrong with when people are trying to write Jason Todd. You you need to write him in the re- redeemed quality. Like yes, he uses guns because Batman doesn't use doesn't use guns. He uses guns for his purpose. But to hand him a crowbar and say use the thing that murdered you as a tool. The fuck. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and I, I think my my huge problem too was like, and, and I know it's kind of light, but it's another aesthetic purpose is that they kind of made him look like Ermac pretty hard. Mm, mm, you're right. I've never been able to get over Jason Ermac Todd, but uh, I don't know. I, you're right though. It's it's like the same crazy and i know i'm gonna get destroyed in twitter for this but like like how jesus died on the cross like come on y'all the crowbar ain't the cross <laughs> yeah like and i kind of even dig the new costume of like the, the, the like, like like the almost like edgy like hot topic edgelord hood with the mask i did hell i even dig that he stopped wearing a red bat symbol and made his own symbol i dig that but to give him the crowbar and say, no, use the thing that killed you and use a, a, like a samurai sword on the other side. I'm like, now, now you fucked up. Like, I feel like that one video where it just goes, now you fucked up. You fucked right. up. Like, <laughs> and then, like, what's crazy is, like, when you're coming off of the his League of Assassins arc where he got the all blades and he one-shotted Lady Shiva in one go, you're like, oh, okay, Jason is serious. He's like, this is the crowbar that killed me. <laughs> I don't need blades made out of my soul. Come on, man, uh, please. <laughs> okay, so, so like, so we're up to the present with Jason, and Jason is just like, it's sad that we're coming up on the 80th anniversary of Batman, and we're just dealing with this mess. But how about we speak on someone i cannot stand but apparently the rest of the fucking batman community likes to love him damian freaking wayne so 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 let, let me let me let me pull it up let me let me let me pull up my my, my wiki here damian wayne uh, first uh, first uh, released in batman and robin Number oh, like, like, oh no that, that was when he became Robin. Is there like a specific thing of the first appearance of Damian Wayne? I don't even know that. Um, Batman number six fifty five in two thousand six. He first shows up and goes like, like, and Talia goes, "This is your son." And I, I remember reading Batman comics when it first came out because I was a Batman fiend back in the day because Tim was Batman. Things were good, and I was like, "Okay, whatever." And then they go, this is your son. And they're like, make him Robin now. And I'm like, no! We have a Robin! Don't do this! <laughs> and then Batman dies during Infinite Crisis. And they go, okay, cool, now... Not Infinite Crisis, Final Crisis. Uh, correct. Let's back off the, the keyboard there, guys. Final Crisis. Quote-unquote death. Even though it ended up being just, oh, he got sent back in time but by Omega Beams. But you you have him die and Dick becomes a Batman. Hey, 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 Dick, uh, who's, who's your Robin? The Robin that's standing next to you, a.k.a. Tim Drake. No, 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 see, I'm going to pick the, the, the kid of, of, the, of the surrogate dad that I had. And make him Robin, but Tim's right there. He's already in a Robin suit. Nah, I'm gonna pick this guy. 
put what? Here's put a cowl with no ears, Tim. Have fun. Oh. <laughs> and the thing is, the red, the, the OG Red Robin suit that they just modded from Kingdom Come that was originally Dick's suit, that yep. shit was fire. Like, and don't get me wrong, I, I'm a defender of the Venetian blind wings because I think the Venetian blind wings were fucking epic. And no one can tell me otherwise. Like, the idea of, oh, it's a cape. Oh, he fucking pulls it out of their freaking wings. Like, that's a cool idea. <laughs> but, like, and then everyone hated on it. I was like, why? <laughs> why are you hating on this awesomeness? Because <laughs> it was, ugh, I mean, it depends on what you define as awesome. Because it was, I like corny awesome, but it was corny. Oh, <laughs> but no, um, Damien as a character. So Damien comes in, he's the shithead who thinks he's all that in a bag of chips. He was trained from almost birth by assassins. He thinks he doesn't have to abide by any rules. And then finally, like, like he thinks he can just raise himself. But then Dick, like, because at first, Bruce doesn't know what the fuck to do with him. But Bruce is barely in his life before he ends up dying anyway. So when Dick gets a hold of him and Dick shows him to stop being a shithead, but also, like, keep your smarmy attitude because the the readers like your smarmy attitude. It ended up being a decent book because Grant Morrison thought, okay, cool, I'll make my own own Robin and we'll do the thing. And they're like, okay, cool, whatever. But at the end of the day, you basically just shoved the perfect, the embodiment of what it is to be a Robin out of the way for this. This abomination of a human. Why? I don't know if you feel differently, but if you want to have, if you if you want to uh, uh, combat me, I have no problem with that. See, uh, see, I like Damien a little bit. I hate okay, him. It's a love hate relationship. It's a love hate relationship. All right, speak on. I I have this thing where I I can't. I get really annoyed when motherfuckers talk shit, and Damien only talks shit. But I yep. also have to respect. I have to respect the swagger when sometimes the shit he talks is backed up. And that happens more often than not with Damien. Granted, a lot of his most memorable moments are when he talks a lot of shit and then something happens that's completely his fault. <clears throat> Alfred's death. But... Oh, God. Completely Damien's fault. <laughs> also, and- his own death. His own death. Another yeah. good example. Yeah, because in, <laughs> in the new 52, we have Peter J. Tomasi's run, but then uh, Batman and Robin, but then Grant Morrison came back in and was like, no, I created him. I have to be the one that kills him. And I'm like, okay, go, cool, whatever, whatever. And they kill him, but then they bring him back as, like, Jesus. I'm like, give him superpowers. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. what the fuck is this? But then, <laughs> but, then re- but then Rebirth happens, and Rebirth goes, okay, cool. First six issue, first like like first arc of um Detective Comics. We're gonna kill Tim, but not kill Tim. We're gonna send him somewhere else. But and, and then, we're gonna... and then Tom King is gonna stab him in the chest with an arrow. <laughs> Still anyway. don't know what happened. <laughs> well, uh, well, apparently Young Justice is the continuation, so we it's fine. Um, but we have we have um uh new new uh, DC Rebirth Teen Titans where Damian. Basically, just kidnaps Raven, Starfire, Beast Boy, and um, and Kid and uh, Wallace West, Kid Flash, and just, just flat out just kidnaps them. 
and says, you're all my new Teen Titans because Tim's dead. I don't give a fuck about Bunker and Solstice and, and Skitter from uh, Lobdell's run. I want y'all. And it's like, but Starfire has no continuity with the, the Teen Titans. Now she does, but that doesn't make any sense. We, no, no, no. She has continuity now. And she's, she, she, she dated Dick Grayson and all this other shit. But it's like, that doesn't exist. Okay, cool, whatever. Just, just, let's just make it happen. And, and Raven's hair, like her whole costume is like how it was back in the day on the TV show. We're not worried about the armored bird costume from Liddell's run. And then Beast Boy is just there, and, and Wallace is there. And and even a little bit later, they bring on uh, Jackson Hyde, Calderon, to be their Aqualad. And Benjamin Percy writes this really good story about Damien finally getting hit, like his lumps from Starfire and Wallace and... Like Aqualad, when he comes in and tell him, stop being a fucking shithead. You have friends now. You have people that care about you. Stop being a freaking idiot. And then it all goes to hell right before Dark Knight's Metal. And when Dark Knight's Metal ends, we have the the whole Justice event, the weekly event series, where Damien thinks he's all that in a bag of chips and tells uh, uh, Batman what to do, and Batman's like, shut up. But then... Damien leaves that the, that four week event saying, "You know, I don't agree with my father's methods. I'm gonna re I'm gonna start a new Teen Titans, even though I just had a full team of Teen Titans, and I'm going to have Wallace West, the only returning member, a genie girl, um, basically just like Cannon Bolt from Ben Ten, um, but with blue skin and." Uh, Red Arrow from like 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 uh, Yumiko or or Kimiko, whatever the hell her name is, Kimiko Queen. Uh, I can't stand her, and I will fight. I will I will go to war over that fact. I, I she she shouldn't exist, but that's me. And that they form their own new little team of Teen Titans, and it's and the, the, the sum of the book is literally t- Damien tries to throw. Black Mask and a bunch of other supervillains in his own prison and run superheroing his way. And the book is really like meh. Is the like it's not like Lobdell meh, it's just meh. Like it's not bad, but like I I really wish it was a different Teen Titans book. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, Damien's at a, just a really dumb place right now. The solicitations are saying he might quit being Robin soon, and please, God, do it, please. But, like, that's a thing. But those are the main four Robins. But there's a couple others. And on the beautiful Yasmin Putri cover for the, the 80th anniversary that will be our thumbnail for this episode, we, we definitely need to talk about the two female members of the Robin family. Now, let's talk about the the first female that we got, which was Carrie Kelly in the pages of Dark Knight Returns. Travis, your thoughts on the on, the, on this young individual? Um, I okay, I like her in in Dark Knight Returns. I, uh-huh. I like this Robin. My problem is is that when that exact character is turned into Stephanie Brown. <laughs> we ain't there yet. Speak on Carrie. We ain't there I like yet. Carrie. She's the the eager beaver, happy go lucky. Like if Burt Ward was a fanboy to a seriously war torn thousand yard stare, stop joking with me, get out of my face, Batman. 
Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, and I don't know. Throughout the entire Dark Knight comic, she like brings the this light to to this extremely dark story. And it's the only like source of laughs and exposition throughout. And mm. I don't know. It's she is what made the Dark Knight, Frank Miller's Dark Knight, not so like not terrible because it was that little bit of okay, things aren't so bad, right? Yeah, you, you know what I mean. And then like yeah. to to kind of springboard into if if no one's read Frank Miller's Batman, uh, Michael Sarah's Robin from Lego Batman, exactly that person. Wow, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Oh my god. Um, see, Carrie is a strange creature for me because I don't I don't know if you've read Dark Knight Strikes Back or the um the third one, the Ma- the Master Race. No, I have you have you read either of those? Oh, okay, well you uh, like obviously like, well like you've read Dark Knight Strikes Back, right? Yes. Okay, so you see the whole Carrie becomes cat girl thing, which grinds my gears like nobody else's business. But <laughs> you see Carrie Kelly as a character like progress, and I like I, I think um, Grant Morrison and pretty much everybody else kind of agrees that we need to just sw- like Grant Morrison, um, Frank Miller, and everyone else agrees that we need to just swipe Dark Knight Strikes Back under the rug and just forget it exists, and we go from there. <coughs> excuse me. We go from there into um, Baster Race, where she's at, she's running shit. She's the like at, like the one running the controls because Bruce is like all beat up and getting old. She is still sort of back in her Robin esque like, outfit halfway through the book, but then she becomes Batgirl, like full on like this weird purple and green Batgirl suit that everybody hated. But then. You you see her ride with Bruce all the way to the end, and even when he goes into the Lazarus piss, the, 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 ah, Lazarus pit, not Lazarus piss, please, Lazarus pit, and becomes a younger Batman. You then see them ride to the end of the fight with Bruce and, and uh, Clark together, and Carrie goes on her whole whole journey of evolving. And she becomes Batwoman in a, a tight ass, uh, per- like not purple, but a uh, black and gray suit, almost like Bruce's. And Frank Miller's a, a, a horrible human, and almost hints that Bruce likes Carrie now, and it's gross. But like her evolution as a character is just great from her being the one to throw the Batmobile at, at, at the US government and everything that she does trying to recruit Aquaman for the fight and everything. It, it, it's a really good story. So Master Race definitely does does a lot to boost her as a character, and I freaking love it. Um, but then you go and so like, but then they even try to like like throw her into the new Fifty Two, like like even make her a character in present day Batman, and everyone's like, "No, don't do it. Leave her where she is." And they're like, "Okay, fine, fine, we won't do it." And they kind of threw it back where it belonged. <laughs> But but obviously Travis already hinted about it. The other female Robin is Stephanie Brown. Stephanie Brown was the is, is the daughter of Clue Master, a Batman like an older Batman villain, and she starts her career out as spoiler. Everyone like and I know Mary would make a joke if she was here, and spoiler is just this, like is a character that just she wanted to try to like foil the the, the evil doings of, of villains in Gotham. 
but she had no like training. She was just this young girl who tried to like be friends with Robin, ends up getting in a relationship with Tim Drake, Robin. And it's it's really cool. But then when Tim is kicked from being Robin for a while because his dad didn't want him being Robin anymore, Stephanie steps into the shoes of being Robin. And everyone still agrees that Stephanie is part of the Pantheon, but serves a better role as spoiler or Batgirl. And I I have a lot of love for Stephanie Brown because I think she was that other piece of the Batman family that was needed. She's the younger sister or the youngest sister to Cassandra and Barbara. But everyone, like, it's very mixed. You have the people who will die for this girl. Or you have people that just outright hate her. And I like I don't get it. I really don't. So like I, I need you to, to, to speak on this. Uh, man, you want me to speak on my hate for Stephanie? Do it. Oh, Mary's see, not here. You, you, gotta, you gotta be the one to do it because Mary's not here. My problem with Stephanie is that she is the Dark Knight Robin, that eagerness and all that, but with a slight tinge. Not not as much as the others, but a slight tinge of, you don't know shit, Batman. I'm going to do what I want. And it's the worst combination for someone who <laughs> has to fight crime in a place like Gotham, i.e. how she was taken out. Yeah, like, it's like, the, the, like in the middle of a crime war, they, they just have her get shot, but then find out, but then they find out, oh no, Leslie Tompkins just took her into hiding and nursed her back to health and took her to Africa. Yeah, and uh, I don't know, man. She just, she was that, that anime protagonist, like, oh, poor sweet summer child of Gotham for me. That was my problem with her. She's just too <laughs> damn, she's too nice. She's too nice for Gotham. You know what I mean? What? Like, Tim's, Tim, Tim Drake is nice. Don't get me wrong. Tim Drake is nice, but he still has the capacity to break someone up. You know what I mean? Put him into pieces. Stephanie, on the other hand, is so... I don't know, just fluffy all the time. And then but doesn't see, listen. Tell me I'm wrong. You know I'm, you're she's wrong. The because, she's the because, fluffiest Robin. No, because see, you are right from the pre-New 52 angle. That she's she was, she was uh, ill-experienced. When she first started out as spoiler, she was angry. She hated that her father never had a late relationship with her. And she wanted to foil the plans of every supervillain in Gotham because of the fact that her, her, her father didn't care about her and wanted to be a supervillain. So and even more so when she finds out that her father died being a member of the Suicide Squad, she even goes worse into it and and and, and tries to just beat uh, and find out more about her father because her father never wanted to be around her. So it was when she became Robin that she just fucked up too many times and Batman fired her because yeah she was cocky yeah she she wasn't like Jason ignorant but like she was a character that needed a lot more growth and didn't get the chance to get more growth because either the fans didn't want her or they decided to bring Tim back and when she when she came back and also when she wasn't announced to be a part of the new 52 a lot of people were angry. I was angry. I there was a whole campaign called Waffles for Steph because she there was known that she liked waffles. And then like I said, oh, like an issue of the book, and everyone's like, send a box of waffles to DC and say we want Stephanie Brown back in the comics. And I was I was a part of that. I was I was a young middle school kid who just wanted to help out and get a, my one of my favorite characters back. And when they brought her back, she ended up being a character that was more angsty. 
and more serious about trying to be, exist in a world like Gotham. And even now, when she's in the like, or even and you've read it too. You read Titan's Detective. She's a, she gets serious. She doesn't give a crap about about people's shit. She only joins the team because she cares about Cassandra and and Tim because of what they went through during Batman Robin Eternal. And when Tim dies, she literally switches sides and says, fuck you, Batman. You let the smartest man in the room die because you couldn't get like, like get your shit together. <laughs> so no, okay. like, like, like Stephanie has depth and no one like, like sees it. And I hate it. <laughs> okay. So you got to understand that a lot of people run into Batman eternal Steph. Does that make more sense? Or, or Batman, uh, Batman Eternal stuff was the best stuff. It's the current stuff. Ah, uh, but when she was in Batman Eternal, she wasn't. She didn't start that serious. And then a little bit before that, my my first memory of spoiler was I think during Blackest Night or the Last Laugh. But even then, she wasn't that serious. That that had me a little. Flo- no, it wasn't during. It was. It was had to be during Last Laugh because Blackest Night was uh, Dick Grayson Batman time, and she kind of yeah. went around. Yeah, she was de- she was quote unquote dead. Yeah, quote unquote. That was when they they froze themselves. But anyway, um, she was dealing with like I forget it was someone specifically Jokerized, but it was never taken seriously, and she still won. That was it. Left a huge like weird taste in my mouth, and then I stopped reading Eternal after the Mother arc. I was like, that's enough. <laughs> well, that's Batman and Robin Eternal. You're talking about Batman and Robin Eternal. Batman Eternal was like the, the, they they even were like, oh no, Clue Master is the biggest villain in the whole joint, and then they smack Clue Master aside and say, no, there's someone bigger. And it was like that's a cool idea. Then Clue Ma- make, make it seem like Clue Master's the shit to, to help spawn in Stephanie, and then just say no, Clue Master ain't shit, and make someone better. Like it was a cool idea. So. Stephanie came in in New 52 and was the shit. She formed a relationship with Harper Rowe because, like, Scott Snyder was trying to, like, offshoot Harper Rowe at the same time. And it we was like... Harper. Harper Rowe should have came back, but, like, I think because of the fact that Duke Thomas didn't do well, I think I think, I think um, Snyder and Tyna made the right call in benching Harper and just leave her for the right writer to come along. I think if, if we're ever going to get Harper Road back, it needs to be in a vehicle like Birds of Prey. Like dead ass. Yeah. If, if you if you go back and rewrite Birds of Prey and take out Cassandra Kane, I think you could have put Harper in there. Yeah, you definitely could. And then, you know, to piss off all the neckbeards, put Harley Quinn in there since she likes to be on the good guy side every now and then. Yeah, and like <laughs> like especially and also I think they realized, hey, she's a lesbian. This isn't right for us to write this arc. Like we need to let her grow in her own right, so I I thought it was a good move. So yeah, but no, like I I, th- I think the world needs to like give Stephanie another chance. That's just my thought process. What do I you? Think- okay, I have I have a weird one for you. What if and oh god, this is the only way I'll accept it is if we put Barbara back in a damn wheelchair. <laughs> And then give Stephanie the Batgirl cowl. See, and here's the thing. And it, like when 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 they did give Stephanie the Batgirl like identity, it was when Bruce had died, 
Cassandra just gave everybody the middle finger and, and like threw Stephanie her costume and was like, "No, I'm done. Y'all let Bruce die. I don't give a fuck. I'm leaving." And it was, and it, and, and then you have Stephanie who start who starts wearing Cassandra's costume, and Barbara shows up like, "No, no, no," to all of this. You're done. But then she and Stephanie's like, "No, I'm gonna keep doing it." And he's like, "Okay, cool. If you're gonna keep doing it, I'm gonna freaking train you, and you're gonna do it right." The idea of Barbara mentoring the next generation, similar to how Sherry was doing with Birds of Prey, that is a great vehicle. So, for like, if you don't, if, if they don't go Cassandra, if they want to keep Cassandra as orphan, yes, put Barbara back in the chair. And I, I'm not saying like shoot her again. No, I'm saying <laughs> let her go out in a blaze of glory where her spine is out of like is never able to get fixed again. The 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 the, the robot shit thing. That they pitched at the beginning of New Fifty Two, just let it stop working, and she's just in a chair again. Make her an amazing handicapped superhero because, like, like quit being ableist. Handicapped, like, like, like I'm not the person that should be having be on the be on the soapbox. Like, some, like somebody needs to tell, but like somebody that 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 is more qualified than me that needs to have this argument. But make her the handicapped superhero that she was because she was a great role model and a great representation for people of that era or people that exist now and let her be the mentor that basically almost all of like female bat family equivalent superheroes need because she was the founder of the birds of prey and let that exist and yeah let her train stephanie i'd be okay with a modern take of stephanie batgirl i would love that and honestly, no. as Oracle, she's like one of the best operations handlers the Justice League ever had. Ever. Yeah. Hell, she's like, still used in the freaking DC Universe online, like, operator. She, yep, she's she, still the anti-calculator. Like, she's st- like that. they just had a new book come out, like a new young adult novel come out about her being Oracle. So we need to quit acting like her being Oracle was a bad thing. I know you want to, like, use her for DC superhero girls and whatnot, but Cassandra and Stephanie are good, too, damn it. Like, hell, put her in in DC superhero girls as Oracle in a wheelchair and give people representation, damn it. Right, and what's crazy to think is, like, when you think about who else were operations handlers in the Justice League, she's the only, like, regular human. You You got Cyborg and... John uh, John Jones, so yeah. and she's able to keep up, if not be better than both of those dudes, and it was amazing. Yeah, you get to have those guys on the field instead of you know being the operations handlers. That's like what Oracle was for, and she excelled at it, and in such a manner that she didn't like take a back seat in any of the comics that she was Oracle in. Yeah, you're right. So yeah, we 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 just went on a, on a tangent that we've been like waiting to have for a while of why Barbara Gordon is better as Oracle, but like yeah, that we, we we but like this is a Robin show, and I think we did pretty damn good talking about like the history of Robins and our opinion on each, on each Robin. I think we kind of like got we're more frustrated about the current state for Tim and Dick. But I feel like in others like topics like Teen Titans, at some point we'll talk more about Tim and Dick. So. I think we did all right, and I think, so, like, if you had to give your favorite, like, media representation of Robin, what would you say? Like, like TV, movie, whatever. Like, what would you give your favorite Robin as? Mm. Oh, that's tough. 
Because my my heart immediately jumps to Team Titans Go, but that is literally both Damian Wayne and Dick Grayson in one. I couldn't give that to just one Robin because of yeah. how that Robin is in that show. Huh. And honestly, I think I got to give it to, to DC Universe's Titan, that Dick Grayson. Really? Yeah. That yeah, wow. Hey, okay, you 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 take it. You you step it, you step it on some ground there. You better you better, you better give some ground for that right there. You better like well, make your I, stand. I liked it because it started around like the the time that Nightwing is starting to be disenfranchised with being in the Bat's shadow all the time. That's Fuck how the, Batman. That's how, yeah, that's how the whole show starts, and, and <laughs> I, I I loved it because he took the time to not only reconnect with Bruce, despite how he felt about Bruce. Um, he he quit being under his shadow. He even just go as far as to stop using his funding and to just be a cop on top of being Robin, which is insane because the dude probably isn't sleeping at all. <laughs> like, at all. He's taking public transit and sleeping on the way type of thing. Yeah. And so, like, it for me, it felt like Robin really wanted to strike out on his own, and instead of being as extracurricular as Batman was, even though he still was being extracurricular, he yeah. kind of tried to also operate within within the law he knew to be true, if that makes any sense. And in doing so, it made, like, a really unique coming to to adulthood experience, if you will, for that specific Dick Grayson, especially when you consider... Uh, season two, he gets the Nightwing suit finally, and you're like, "Where's this been the whole time?" Honestly, because yeah, it's... but I feel like that that arc needed to happen because if if he would have just jumped to being Nightwing after the whole thing with Trigon, I would have been irritated. But to see him go through sort of a Judas contract esque arc that he needed to go on like similar to how it was in the comics where he was just done being Robin for a while and to yeah. even anchor his becoming Nightwing in this like, like because Jericho became like Joey became Jericho but the superhero at the same time Nightwing beca- became Nightwing in the comics so to anchor the reason why he quit being a superhero around the same reason why um he became Nightwing was a really cool way to do it. So I'm glad they did it. I, I, I And you can fight me, bro. That's the best death stroke we ever gonna get. Nah. <laughs> I'm not wearing hockey pads, boy! Uh, motherfucker can't act like Manu Bennett, though. It don't you matter. Pain. You can't trust a man in pain. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> hell, hell! If you want to go and defend that version of Dick, why aren't you banking on the same like same for Deathstroke? Because the way that, that they are the perfect like like antagonist and protagonist is amazing. Why? Why? It's because I like how Manu Bennett portrayed Deathstroke, and because I I, I followed him basically since Spartacus Blood and Sand as when he was Crixus. Oh, so then, you were already weak, like in the camp from the jump. You couldn't even like come yeah. over to my side. That's not fair. That's not <laughs> fair. Because I've been watching I, the actor for a while, and then like he was—he's also the White Orc in the Hobbit movies, and then yeah. and then he's Deathstroke too. I was like, oh, oh yes. And I grant you, the costume was uh, not as good. I can't deny that. Yep. But the the depth that 
Arrow gave Deathstroke without... I feel like Deathstroke is one of the few characters in the Arrowverse that didn't get completely fucking compromised. Still kind of compromised. Yep. But not all the way. So I, I, I kind of clung to that a little bit. And I liked, I liked Titan's Deathstroke too. Isai Morales like, is a freaking baller. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I liked that one because he was like, old man, I'm done with all of you kids. Deathstroke. Yes, and like he's only back doing this shit because like it's even it's even great when they have like Black Wintergreen is like with all his bitches like you know what I'm retired I don't want to keep doing this uh, Slade he's like we got one more job to do because these kids thought they was the shit again and it was like mm, that that's funny <laughs> <laughs> right and he's just like like the, the whole time Deathstroke is in Titans the show they didn't really give him much development it was mainly just. Fuck them kids. <laughs> and it that was, was so his whole thing. Like, <laughs> Cause, like, cause that's, that's how Slade was when he first showed up. He came in, he got his revenge, and then became an ongoing protagonist, for, like, like antagonist of the Titans for years. You didn't need a whole lot, especially when you have like so many characters to juggle in the show already. But what they did for Slade was amazing. He didn't, he didn't need to be the uh, the ongoing antagonist that just hung in the background and had a million years of development because Arrow was a train wreck. It was like, no, come in, introduce your kids, and get out. Like that's all we needed. Right. Okay. Okay. I get you. I like I said, I liked Arrow because they developed him, and Manu Bennett's a decent actor. But when it came to Titans, that dude didn't even really have to act. He was just like, look, I'm here. You guys are fucking beat up now. I'm out. <laughs> Hell, they could have went a lot worse with it, because have you read Jeff John's Teen, uh, Teen Titans? No, I haven't. Because they That's basically... Because um, they basically take his whole arc from there of him coming back and telling these kids, sit your ass down. Y'all don't need to do what my kids went through. In fact, I'm going to train Rose to help ki me kill you. And Rose turns into this weird, like, I'm like, like daddy issues girl to the point that she stabs herself in the eye just so she can be like her father. And it's like, th they, they could have went a lot worse with it. But what they take from Jeff John's arc is so good that I love it. Like, Titans has its problems. But Deathstroke and Dick's arc is just mwah, bellissimo. <laughs> Delicious. So I think we've done pretty good this episode. Um, so if you had to name a favorite Robin, who would it be? Oh, easily Dick Grayson. And Why? I, I can even name you my favorite part is that in Infinite Crisis, right before uh, Dick and Bruce go out there to, to face... Superboy Prime and all the crazy stuff he was doing at the time. Mm -hmm. Batman turns to Dick and goes, "We had some good times, right?" And Dick just goes, "The best." And then they're out. <sighs> My favorite moment of all time. See, I can top that because in the same event, you have when 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 um Infinite Crisis Superman shows up at the cave, and and Batman looks him dead in the eye and goes, "Is Dick Grayson a good man on your Earth?" the best that that meant more to me than that like yeah That's Dick, also a good part though <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um for me it's my first tim drake because and i know mary thinks he's the biggest gary stew in the world i know but 
he is and he is meant to be that perfect vehicle character for everybody of you you are the robin you are the one that becomes the person because you because he's the only one that ever wanted the job of being robin because he saw bruce in a really dark time hell he tried to get dick to come back and be robin just so uh, bruce would calm down and dick's like nah man i ain't doing this shit no more i got my own bird suit that i do now f that and so, so Tim's like, fine, I'll do it. And he doesn't have a tragic backstory. His parents are alive un- until, um, like, the, until an event. Like, he, his parents exist, and and like, he just wanted to do right by Batman. And it was like, that's a really cool way to do it. And then you see him progress to being the one. Not only was he the only one that wanted to be Robin, it was taken from him. And then he says, okay, cool, f both of y'all. I'm going to go find Bruce. I don't think Bruce is dead. And he's the one that still sticks by Bruce's side, even in possible death. And that means so much to me as a character. Because you see him grow throughout Teen Titans and Young Justice trying to make friends. Everyone thinks he's just the narc, especially during Young Justice, where you see him have to deal with um, Tower of Babylon. Ugh. Not Tower of Babylon, Jesus fucking Tower of Babel, where the whole Justice League Doom movie basically plays out where all of Batman's secret plans to kill the Justice League are leaked, and everyone kill tries to kill the Justice League. And everyone and like and then it spins out in the rest of the books, and everyone on the young Justice team looks at at, at Tim like, Are you gonna kill us too? And they're like, No. And then what's even <laughs> what's even worse is this whole thing of are you going to kill us too happens when the team gets teleported to Apocalypse for like for a mission. And it's like, oh, are you going to kill us while we're here? No. Why? Because I'm not Batman. And it's like, yeah, you're not. And that's, that's, that's even better when you get to Johns' Teen Titans and you see Tim have to face himself as Batman in the future during Titans of Tomorrow where Tim starts using guns. Tim's so hurt by the idea that he had to become Batman, that Bruce, that Bruce is dead, Dick's dead, Jason's dead, that he had to put on the cowl. He never wanted to put on the cowl. So he has to go through the effort of trying to make the world as safe as fucking possible in his way. And he never wanted to do that. He just wanted to be the hero that Bruce needed him to be or the, the partner that Bruce needed him to be. And then also be a hero in his own right. He never wanted to just become a Batman. He never wanted to be Batman. So it hurts seeing that version. And to see Tim then grow from seeing that and then having to face it again during Tynan's Detective. Because Tynan's like a kid in the candy store. Because when Jeff John goes, yeah, man, pull everything back from pre-New 52. Just, just do it. And Tynan's like, I bet. I'm going to pull Titans of Tomorrow, Tim. I'm going to pull uh, the whole Titans of Tomorrow. I'm going to tell everyone that, Kat, that Cassie, Cassandra and um, and Stephanie were Batgirls. Like, I don't care. I'm like, Titan, you're a god. I love you mm, so much. So, yes, Tim needs more love. F the stupid duck costume. I need more love for my boy. That, that, there's, that, there, there's my end of my rant. Darkwing Duck! Oh, my God. Don't forget, folks, you can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, YouTube, all that good stuff. Uh, we're not on, on iHeartRadio yet, but we should be soon. We're going to get ourselves on Pandora. 
You can follow us on Twitter at PTP underscore podcast. And you can check out the website on Comics Ground every weekday for all of, all of our reviews, previews, and all that other good stuff. Travis, what is your closing statement for issue number 32? Uh, can we, like, have Jason melt the crowbar into something else? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Anything. It could be bullets. It could be plating for his pistols. Just not the crowbar. <laughs> Okay. Um, I get the feeling that if Mary was here, her closing statement would be quack to annoy me. Um, yes. And my closing statement, as always, is support your local comic book shop. Um, my name's not Rick. Treat <laughs> treat my boy Tim better, and we will catch we, we will catch you folks right here next time at panel two panel. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs>